This episode is brought to you by the new podcast, We Are Family and Nutrafol. We're happy to have them on board, making the show a possibility. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to If These Ovaries <laughs> Could Talk. I'm Jamie. I'm Robin. And we're your hosts. Let me show you. It's not your nuclear family anymore. It's not just your mom and dad thing. We're not ruining these little humans. It's not for the gay reason. Just we <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi. That sounded like you were picking up the phone. Hello. Hello. Like- <laughs> By the way, the, this is how my wife picks up the phone. Hello. And I'm always like, what are you so scared of? Like, what is that? Hello. That's weird. It's like she's afraid of the phone. You remember when you were like a teenager and you were like mastering the way you hit pick up though? Do hello? you remember that? Yeah, because it was like you had to sound like disinterested, like hello. Hello. Yeah, totally. Hello. Or like you're like totally busy and doing something better. Hello. I also no, that was too went much. through the No, that was good. Hello. That when you're annoyed. That's that's the hello, hello. one. Hello. Yeah. And then there's also when I was a teenager, I was trying to be really cool and there's the hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello. 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 Who this? No, excuse me. <laughs> New phone. Who this? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, god! I think funny. we just spent a lot of time on the word "hello," Jamie. <laughs> yeah, no, Helen. We're moving on to the next item. Helen, I got Helen, it. Helen, chill, like, please. We finally find something fun to talk about, and all of a sudden, Helen's got an opinion about what we oh. should be doing. Only, only when we're really riffing. I think I need to have a conversation with Helen about what her job boundaries are because I feel like she's overstepping. I don't think she'll remember from one moment to the next. She's but loaded. You tell her, so she's loaded at nine in the morning. She's had mimosa brunch. All right, <laughs> Jamie. Who do we have an update from? Our oh friends. Oh, my goodness. Tiff and Carissa are having a baby. It was either season two. I think it was season, they were in season two as like an episode. And then we brought them back in season three. And they were t- on, like, they were on the journey with us. Of or we were on the journey with baby. them. We, yes. were on the, we were on the tumultuous journey with them. And so like every couple episodes, they would phone in with an update oh on where God. they were. And they went, oh my goodness, they went all up and down and which ways I... Oh my God. I don't, they, James, very- they gave us such anxiety. We we're like, oh God, what are they doing now? But they have some news. Roll it, Helen. Helen, roll it. Helen. You know what I was just thinking about? What? That theme song that Robin and Jamie <laughs> made for us back when we were giving them like actual regular updates. <laughs> Can you Tiff sing and, it? Yeah. Tiff and Carissa are having a baby. I got Tiffany to sing it because you do not want me to sing that song on the air. <laughs> but anyway, we were reminded of that because it's official. We're having a baby. Yay! Yay! During a whole ass pandemic. Yes. <laughs> so that's been a lot. Very much a lot. It's currently 9.05 p.m. Yes. On a Saturday night. Accurate. And we are just barely awake. Yeah. Tiffany especially because... Because pregnancy, turns out, is raggedy. (laughs) (laughs) Not raggedy. Somebody should have told me how intense that this would be and that there would be a little interloper stealing my life force (laughs) (laughs) but we're so excited so excited even though it's like 
completely exhausting. Yeah, it's been already Weird. very intense and exhausting, but the yeah. best, most incredible, most miraculous mm-hmm. thing ever. But yeah, we're super excited. For sure. We'd we- love to share more updates if you'd like. Absolutely. Definitely at a time that's not like an hour past Tiffany's bedtime. <laughs> we love y'all. Love y'all. Bye. Oh, they're Taking having a parade. baby. Literally. They're- Literally. Now we can really sing that song. And it's true. Tiff and Carissa having a baby. baby. I, think, I feel like mine's better, Jamie. Come on. No, yours was baby. really good. Yours is good. Oh, my God. They're having a baby. So exciting. It's so exciting. I just need to add, she said nobody warned her how hard pregnancy was. Come Come on. on. Do we say it like every episode? You're speaking to two women who did not like pregnancy. At all. Now now we just know they don't listen to our podcast. That's what we know now. (laughs) That's what it is because we talk about that openly. We do. Okay. All right. So we just have one note because it is pride. So please send us videos of how your family's celebrating pride virtually. And we're Mm going to share them up on our social feed. We would love to see, you know, we just want to make this celebration bigger and happier because we're all, we can't be together to celebrate. Yeah. Let's, let's just do something. Let's be virtual guys. Let's, let's Let's be virtual. (laughs) Let's be virtual. (laughs) Helen, stop. She's always making fun of me when I say things. I don't even know. Helen. Helen. I I, I know it. I don't think it's really a a real phrase. I know Helen. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, go ahead, Jamie. Send us, send us, send them in. Let's make, let's make this special, even though it's, not ideal. Let's make it special. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Okay. Moving on. Patreon. You guys, you have really, really stepped up and helped us out on Patreon. Thank you so much. We need to thank the folks who have signed up for Patreon and become a member of our community. Members, I should say, of our community in Patreon. You're literally helping us make this podcast. You and sure we, are. And we're we so thank thankful. You. And we have a special thank you to our newest Patreon members, Jasmine White. Raquel Rossiter, and Crystal Sarton, and Kelly Wells, who you might remember from season two, episode two, Angels. Literal angels on earth. They really are. They're so much better than we are. And now they're even supporting us there. So thank you guys. And if you want to join our Patreon community, go to patreon.com slash ovaries talk. Okay. Let's get into today's episode. All right. Sarah Eisen. Robin, oh tell everybody God. who Sarah Eisen is. Oh my God, she's so amazing. So she is like a, she's, I don't know if she's a teenager, she's like 19 or 20, but she was on the most recent reboot of American Idol and she made it to the Hollywood round. But she's, that her backstory was that she came with her donor dad and a whole bunch of her 26 donor siblings to the audition. Of course, oh American God. Idol was like losing their mind over that, you know, because you can just see a producer being like, let's talk more about the sperm. Yeah. Well, and she also brought her two moms. Yes, of course, of course. So she had an entourage of people at her audition, which is pretty amazing. And somebody sent that to us. And we were like, uh, we have, because we don't have time for TV, unless it is Madam Secretary. Thank you very much. I I can't even. So we were like, we emailed her. We were like, we got to get her on the show. And this this is such a great interview. Sarah is amazing. She she has relationships with all of these donor siblings. It's It's amazing. It's a whole, it's a family. Anyway, yep. let's get into the interview because I don't want to spoil it for you guys. But it's like it's like what you hope your donor conceived oh, kids are going to be like. Seriously, roll the tape, mm-hmm. Helen. Tell Hel- Helen, wake up, Hel- oh, Helen. Gosh, she's she's asleep. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Hi, Hi, Sarah. Thank you for um, joining us today from quarantine lockdown. 
Yeah, it's great. I'm very excited to talk a little bit. I like your plants on the side there. Those look Thank pretty. you. They're actually new. That is not how my room looked in college. <laughs> well, I'm actually um, home right now. I go to college at UCLA. Mm-hmm. Classes are going to be online for a while. So I came Just back. Come this home. is my childhood room that I'm kind Aww. of making more appropriate for a an adult. It warms my heart that you love your moms and you went home. Like, I think that's nice. Yeah. I mean, I was originally kind of nervous because, you know, (laughs) dynamics change, but it's been a lot better and easier than I thought it would be. I was originally planning on going back to LA and it's like been so great here that I just want to stay. Oh, that's great. Well, where is home? So I'm in Berkeley, California right now. This house I was born and raised in, I've never lived anywhere else besides for college. Yeah. Well, well, let's do our 30 second elevator pitch about your family, shall we? Yeah. Tell us who you are. Okay. Are you ready? On your mark, get set, go. All right. My name is Sarah Eisen. I was born to a family of two moms who conceived me and my older sister through um, anonymous sperm donation. And over the years, we've actually met our sperm donor and we've met now 26 half siblings and we've created a really cool relationship and it's been quite a journey getting to know my half family wow look at that like right on the nose of 30 seconds well done that was amazing did you practice that i had to do it a lot for idol so (laughs) and i just have to do it a lot and every day so you got it down yeah tell us about what's idol tell us about idol um so American Idol is what I was referring to. I was on, I think it was season three of the ABC reboot of American Idol, the one that just ended. The story that they kind of told for me during my audition was my half-sibling story. So that's- They love a good story on those shows. Like they have to put you into a little category and then, you know, this is our kid who, you know. Yeah, they do. They love a story. And I feel I got eliminated- like pretty, not super far in. Like I, I got eliminated the last round of Hollywood week. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I it have was to really say, cool. your voice is phenomenal. It, it, oh, it's really, you. it's really beautiful. Thank Actually, you. Actually, even when you just it. got on and started speaking, I was like, oh God, she's got a good speaking oh, voice. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I have like a deeper voice, which, mm-hmm. um, it, it reminds me a little I, of Joss Stone. Like, uh, do you oh, ever get that comparison? Thank you for saying that. Yeah. yeah I, I've gotten that one. That is a lovely comparison. I feel honored. <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've just always had like a deeper voice. And I think I maybe was a little self-conscious about that when I was younger. But now I feel like it kind of lends itself to some nice like speak and like smokier stuff. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> thank you is the point. I appreciate it. So yeah, I was on Idol with um, my best friend. We actually like both were contacted separately to really? audition for this show. Yeah. And we both went and did like our producer audition and we came back and she was like, so I have something to tell you. I auditioned for the show. And I was like, no way. Like I did too. <laughs> and you both? We both were on the show. She was top like seven. She oh. was, she got really far in the show. Wow. Her name's Sophia James. I want to know about these auditions because I actually went to the American Idol open call. Did you, Jamie? Years and Love years that. ago. I did not know that. Too. I did. My mother forced me to. I'm a singer, too. (laughs) I didn't get anywhere. You got invited to audition? Excuse me? How does that work? (laughs) So now a lot of, I would say probably 95% of the people who end up on the show are contacted by recruiters. 
Interesting. So most people are not coming from open call. I was, most of the recruiters now are like on social media. So yeah. I got like a direct message on Instagram. And that's how Sophia also was invited. So they found you on your social. It's also yeah. how, how you got invited to this podcast. Thank you very much. The social. It's all about the social. <laughs> social media. Yeah, that's where like I do all of my business, basically. It's really crazy how I don't like have a business email. I'm just like in my DMs. <laughs> Okay, guys, we're really excited to share a new podcast with you. We really think you're going to love it because if you listen to our podcast, you love to hear about non-traditional families. Maybe you have one of your own. Or maybe you're just a fan of them. <laughs> sure, Jamie, but a fan <laughs> of non-traditional families. Anyway, but, but did you know that in 2020, the number of blended single-parent households and multi-generational families will outnumber traditional two-parent nuclear families? Ooh, Isn't that crazy? That's and awesome. So this new podcast, We Are Family, it's a new podcast from the publishers of Parents Magazine, and it dives deep into the joys and the challenges of those redefined families. I mean, it sounds great. I love it. I love it. I mean, what's not to love about it, right? Right. So listen, guys, join celebrity fitness entrepreneur and outspoken LGBTQ parent, Sean T, Sean whom T's I love. Sweat. Yes. And who we just interviewed for an upcoming episode. We sure He's amazing did. with his husband. And with his co-host, Julia Dennison, Parents Magazine editor and single mama, as they deliver honest conversations about, get this, IVF, surrogacy, fostering and adoption, blended families, LGBTQ parenting, and more. Sounds like I a mean, win. I mean, basically, basically if, if you love us, you're going to love that podcast, too. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's just keep the combo going. The more we could talk about non-traditional families, the better. Exactly. So listen to We Are Family on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Do it. Do it. Sean T's going to make you listen. Oh, my God. I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. So you got this amazing opportunity to go on American Idol. You go mm -hmm. in there. You kill it. You do your thing. Then they also tell the side story of mm -hmm. your life. Mm -hmm. We are going to dig into growing up with two moms and meeting all your siblings, but I want to know before we do that, what did it feel like for them to like produce your story for the audience? I mean, it's a reality TV show. Yeah. And, you know, you don't go on to a reality TV show expecting that it's not going to be that. You know, they, they have like a sort of narrative that they want to try and tell. And most of it I was fine with. Some of it I kind of tried to direct them away from. But I mean, it, it wasn't odd. I think that my particular like donor family has tried to be very like public about our life because exposure is great and like it normalizes a lot of stuff. Pretty sure we have an Instagram account for our family if Do you want to really? check that out. Yeah, it's yeah. called Paper Plane Society. The thing that they did that I was not really a fan of that I tried to stray away from was they we're pushing a narrative of like, oh, all of your siblings sing also. And you're oh. like one of your siblings that also sing, which a lot of my siblings do. I would say I'm probably oh. one of the more serious singers of the group. So, you know, they wanted to make it like this cool, like genetic link that we all yeah. sing. And for me, that was just, a, it felt a little bit diminishing of like the work that I do. And right. just like, oh, you sing because your like sperm donor sings. And like right. that just felt a little weird to Did me. Did your sperm donor sing? Do you know? Yeah, yeah oh. he does. Um, he, I'm going to use his name just because we're very public. So I'm sure he's 
comfortable with it. Um, his name is Daly. So I've done competitive acapella for most of my <laughs> for most of my ex- my singing experience. I did like three years of it in high school, and now I'm about to be in my fourth year of college competitive. I acapella. love that. It's it's a world. It's definitely its own little. I want to get thing. into that world. We can talk. I'm gonna. We get can. Into that it's world. really it's really hilarious. I still can't believe that I do it. And daily, he was in his, he was in an acapella group in college at UC Berkeley that my high school acapella group has actually like sang with. I am familiar with that group and like know some of the guys in it. We've had a bunch of like weird paths crossing kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. We had that. Him and my mom, he was anonymous when he donated. It only came out later who he was, but him and my birth mother actually work in like very similar fields and they like know they knew each other's name wow. when they found out who who the other one was yeah well can wow. we go back to that because i would like to know yeah you know like you said it was anonymous like let's mm-hmm. start with how you decided because just to set up for our listeners we talk to so many parents but we don't get to talk to a ton of queer spawn so i'm really interested in your journey of when you were like i'd like to know who my my donor was and like, were there feelings of like, I may never know who he is because he's anonymous? Yeah. So I, just to preface all of it, you know, I'm one of 26 in my particular like clan and all of clan. us had, yeah, I clan. That. I've never it's used that word, word before. I don't know word, why. Oh my that, God, I love it. <laughs> I don't know why that was the word that came to my brain. That just was now. perfect. My little clan. And, you know, there's 26 of us and we all had really different stories with how we like came to find each other and how like at what age we learned we were donor conceived and you know and under what circumstances so my experience is i think that donor conceived children have incredibly varied experiences more than like some other setups so i can really only speak to mine and in terms of the situation i have a lot of privilege compared to a lot of my siblings in what um, way well first of all when you have two moms, they can't keep it a secret from you. Like there was no way that they were going to be able to lie to me about it. Cause I'd be like, bullshit. Like I know how babies are made. <laughs> um, and I also like, they were very honest with me from an open age and my parents are like Berkeley liberal hippies. And so they were never like secretive about what sex is with me or like how reproduction works. And they told me, I don't have a memory of like not knowing that I was sperm donor conceived. I remember mm-hmm. one time I got in trouble in kindergarten for telling someone like what sperm was. And they were like, just don't talk about that. And I was like, okay. You're like, but it's just a natural thing. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, just not in kindergarten. And I was like, okay. By the way, those are our favorite parenting stories of our kids. When yeah. they go to school and yeah. talk about sperm and ovaries, those are our favorite stories. Yeah, me too. I love it. And I'm proud of little five-year-old me for not being afraid. <laughs> so some of my half-siblings, their parents lied to them. Some of them didn't find out until they were like 22 and they had like fully formed identities. You know, a lot of donor kids have really traumatic stories about their donor conception. And it's usually not because they were donor conceived, but it's usually because it came out in a way that was traumatic. What's the makeup of your clan of how many are LGBTQ parents and and are single parents by choice or heterosexual? Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty varied. There's a good bunch of heterosexual parents. 
There's like one or two or three single moms. There's like three or four sets of like lesbian parents. We don't have any trans parents. It's I'm it's pretty varied, but it's mostly heterosexual, single and lesbian. That's interesting. I can call to mind one heterosexual couple where the daughter knew from a young age. And I can call to mind one where the daughter found out like when she was like 22 and it was like, a, like they were lying to her for a long time. I think a lot of the dads feel like, like if their child knows that they're not biologically theirs, they'll somehow feel like less of a dad. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Less of a man. Less of a dad. All of it. All of those dads need to listen to this podcast because we mm-hmm. all, all of us have one person in the relationship that is not biologically most related of us, yeah. to, yeah. yeah, most of us, yeah. to our children or a child, one of our children. And, and we all deal with it and we all handle it. Yeah. It's hard though. It is hard. Yeah. I think that I'm probably one of the better adjusted of the bunch. And I think that that's really just because when you have like lesbian parents and you know from a young age that one of them is not biologically yours, the biology of it stops mattering. And that's the reason why I kind of have chosen certain like of my half siblings to develop really strong relationships with and others to kind of not put as much energy into because I don't feel like this person has to be my sibling because I have a biological connection to them. You know, it's it's, like a bag of like all these, like almost like cousins of people. That's like, that's how I feel about cousins. Like some you're interested, some you're like, not so much. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's 26 of us and the ages aside from the donor has three like younger children of his own, but the donor siblings were all between the ages of 20 and like 26. So we're all like, close in age yeah and if there's that many of us like you're just gonna like some of them and you're not gonna like others yeah like that's just how it's gonna play out i think that for queer people especially even outside of that context of having like queer parents a lot of queer people just choose their family because you know family isn't always accepting and i just don't it's just i don't really care about blood it just doesn't mean much to me i'm curious now that you say that did you search for your donor or were you found by one of these siblings? So when you turn 18, you can recontact the bank and ask if they're willing to change their anonymity status. So my sister had signed up for a... So I have one full blood sister who I grew up with. Same mom too? Same, yeah, same biological? Mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So she's older than me and she signed up for the donor sibling registry where you can find people based on your sperm donors like ID number or whatever. Yeah. We got contacted on there when I was probably like 14-ish, 13, by a half-sibling who had just turned 18 and had reached out to the bank and the donor agreed to like talk with her and they, you know, had developed a relationship and he told her that he had also donated at this other bank. So she found us on the donor sibling registry with that new information. Whoa. So when she found us, her name is Mackenzie. She's the oldest of all of us, I believe. There was like five or six of us in total that we had found. And then people started doing 23andMe and things like that. That was when our numbers started to explode. Did he do 23andMe so that his I don't, I, I, offspring? Yeah. What's the right word even? I don't. That's part of what we're all still kind of trying to figure out is the right language. To yeah. Language is tough. With. Yeah. Because I don't really feel like I don't really want to call him my sperm donor yeah. and he's not my 
like even bio dads feels weird. I know. And I I'm just, like, are like, you his child? Or, but yeah, you are. I, like, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, I do have a good relationship with him. So it's not like I'm describing someone that's totally impersonal to me. I usually will just like explain the situation to someone and then I'll just call him daily from there on out. Right. But so 23andMe, that was when we started to find siblings who were not actively seeking it out, A, and siblings that did not know they were donor conceived. Oh. Did you find that there was like an ethical thing about reaching out to them or or once you reached out, then you realized? (laughs) It's funny. My um, major at UCLA is human biology and society. And we spend a lot of time talking about genetic tests and like all of these new technologies and reproductive technologies that kind of create these bioethical dilemmas. So it gets complex because there's issues of like consent there where not only did the parents not consent to this child finding it out, but also the child did not consent to being lied to, you know. Right. And, you know, we've had some siblings that we found that have really struggled. Once it was 23andMe, most of them did not know. Wow. And that has been wild. And those kids are the ones that really have had more of like an internal struggle. Yeah. We had this therapist. Do we call her Dr. Lisa? What do we call her? Lisa the therapist. Lisa the therapist. And she talks about this, like the dropping the seed method, where it's that you should be starting as early as possible of telling your kids about their identity Mm -hmm. and that that's all the research. And it's almost like your experience proves that the kids who were told had an easier go of it and the kids who weren't struggled. It's like a direct link. Like there's no arguing it. I've definitely read studies that say it. I'm also in a Facebook group called We Are Donor Conceived. And I remember joining that group and being shocked at how angry and upset so many people were that they were donor conceived and how many people thought that they were unethical products. Wow. And they, yeah, like just totally having these huge like identity struggles, like hating themselves for being like unnatural and blah, 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 blah. And I was just so taken aback and it really shakes me and it makes me feel really sad that so many I like had to leave the group because I was like this is so negative and so many people just right hate this and I just don't you've taken it very like without making it a big deal and I think that's really fantastic that's sort of my attitude on the whole thing is that like donor conception is only like unethical or like you can only really criticize it when you're looking at it through the lens of like people have a right to know their genetic family because genetics is the basis of a family. And I just don't think that. And I think if we kind of redefine a family as something that's not genetically defined, but more socially defined, then it really would not matter as much to many people. Well, you have two parents who did that. Yeah. Can we take it to the moment you reached out to Daly? Yeah, because you said you have a sister. Did you two do it together? Or was it an individual experience? She was the one that had signed up for the donor sibling registry. And she was more interested in all of it than I was. But like, I was also not like opposed. I was kind of just like, yeah, we're going to go meet him. We went to this like restaurant bar type of place after school near my school with my sister and my mom and daily. And we just kind of (laughs) chatted. I mean, it was he had actually just 
either just had a new baby or had a baby like the week after. Wow. I mean, it it was really very normal for me. Did your sister have the same experience as you or was her experience harder? She's had a similar experience to me. There's been some other stuff that's made it a little bit more complex for her. But in terms of just like donor conception as an idea, she's, she's, I don't think she's too upset about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Her best friends are our siblings. And she talks to them every day. Yeah, she's probably a lot more involved than I am. I definitely have some best friends within the group, but not I'm not as involved as she is. When they came with you to the American Idol audition, was that was that the producer's suggestion or was it because you were close? I mean, they were like, bring your family. And I was like, how many of them do you want me to bring? And they were like, bring as many as you can. Yes. Yeah. Like, you could see them like Shit, this. Okay. She wants to bring her family. Like the producers <laughs> are losing their minds. I mean, they were, I mean, my donor was there. His three children were there. Both of my moms were there. And I think nine or 10 of my siblings were there. And a couple of them brought like their significant others. So it was, we were, we were rolling deep. <laughs> I remember, I remember like being in the room where everyone kind of waits and they film you and you do, you know, take B-roll or whatever. And they were doing like a little thing with us and they had all of us set up on the couch. And usually the families are just kind of like doing their own thing and whatever. And when they started filming us, everyone was just staring because they were like, who the fuck is this giant fucking group of like teenagers? (laughs) And one dad. Yeah. And one man, <laughs> one man and like a couple of boyfriends. And then like a random lesbian couple over on the side. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It was such a like odd scene and people were like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then I kind of explained it while they were filming our thing. And I watched people go like, oh. like I watched it kind of click in some people's brains. Hey, Robin. Hi, Jamie. Did you know that 30 million women experience hair loss? No. Yeah, but it's not openly talked about, which is why I didn't know that either. So going through it yourself obviously can feel lonely and frustrating. Yeah. I think it's time to change the conversation, don't you? I do. And let's join the thousands of women standing up for their strands. You see what I did there? That was good. I do. I'm scared for you. But you can do that. Look, you can do that with Nutrafol. Yeah. Listen, ladies, I I just say, like, don't suffer in silence. Mm-hmm. Nutrafol is physician formulated to be 100% drug free. They use natural, clinically effective botanicals for better hair growth through the whole body health. Isn't that interesting? It's great. I love that it's drug free, mm-hmm. of course. But here's the good thing also, on top of thicker, stronger hair without lasers or chemicals, mm-hmm. which we love, mm-hmm. Nutrafol's ingredients may also help you get a better handle on sleep, stress, skin, nails, and get this libido. Oh, geez. What? I mean, who doesn't need help with those? I mean, I, <laughs> all you have to do is visit Nutrafol.com, and that's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, and take the hair wellness quiz for customized product recommendations that put the power to grow thicker, stronger hair back into your hands, which is where it should be. Yeah, I did it. I took the quiz. It's super easy. And when you subscribe, you'll receive monthly deliveries, mm-hmm. so you never miss a dose. Shipping, listen to this. hmm Shipping is free, and you can pause or cancel at any time, Robin. And, and the burning question, though, here is, does it work? And mm-hmm. the answer is yes. 77% <laughs> of women saw improvements in just 90 days. Yes, and 79% of women reported more confidence after six months of taking Nutrafol. 
Yeah, it is. Even if you aren't experiencing thinning hair, Nutrafol can help you grow thicker, stronger hair, which everyone wants. It's true. It's true. And whether you're experiencing Mm -hmm. thinning or not, you deserve hair as strong as you are. Nutrafol can help you achieve your best hair growth naturally. All right, folks, you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using promo code OCT to get 20% off. This is their best offer available anywhere. Plus free shipping on every order, and you're going to get 20% off at Nutrafol.com, promo code OCT. I'll say it again. Their best offer anywhere, 20% off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code OCT. Guys, the best offer anywhere, 20% mm-hmm. off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code OCT. For hair as strong as you are. As strong as you are. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked at all about your moms. Like, how, yeah. did, how did they feel when your sister wanted to be a part of the group or wanted to find the donor? You know, they're both, again, they're like Berkeley liberal hippies. Very queer. I feel like I know your moms. I don't know. Yeah, you've met them. You've met them a million times before. I know um, your moms. <laughs> love them already. Yeah, they're honestly fucking fantastic. My birth mom, she just like doesn't really give a shit about anything. She's kind of like, yeah, meet him. Like, (laughs) she's like kind of like that. And then my non-biological mom, she, I think at the beginning was a little, I mean, you're gonna, as in the non-biological parent, like there are feelings that are going to come up. But she, after, I mean, we've developed a really close relationship with Daly and his kids. And I think she is over all of those feelings because she knows that I'm not like Daly isn't my dad. And I think at the very beginning when that hadn't been defined yet, she had concerns, but once it was kind of like, yeah, he's not my dad, then I think she, she doesn't care. <laughs> so amazing. talk about your relationship with him. You are close with this yeah. Man. I mean, I'm definitely not as close to them now as I used to be now that I live in LA. And also now that there's more of us, I feel like he has this huge burden of 26 <laughs> of us to keep entertained. <laughs> oh my God. He, I mean, he's, he's great. We lived the closest to them out of any of the half siblings. We live like 20 minutes from them in Berkeley. And so I used to go over there for dinner all the time and wow. like to babysit. And he used to come over for dinner here. You know, it was, it was really... It felt sort of like a godfather or like an uncle. We've been on like family vacations. It's amazing. It's really amazing. It's almost like it started about the donor and then became about the siblings. Yeah. No offense to Daly, but for me, it's, it's way, way more about the siblings for me. That's what's fulfilling about it for me. Again, just my experience, a very privileged experience. This is, I love that the child of, of two moms is the one that has the privileged experience. Yes. I <laughs> yeah. like that narrative. Honestly. Jamie, yeah. Jamie, you know what this reminds me of? Season two, episode one, Emma Brock's. <laughs> yeah. She had a, a really non-traditional setup with her partner. Like they had kids, but they each had their own kids separate. Like she was a single mom mm-hmm. by choice, but had a partner. They lived in the same building, but in, in different apartments. And uh-huh. she struggled for the entire episode. Not that you're struggling, but in the same way of putting words on the name of what her situation was. And she had written a, yeah. a, bu- a book about it. And at one point she said, you know, like, maybe I should get better about this. And both Jamie and I were like, no, like it's working for you. You just 
can't put it in a box for everyone else in the world. Yeah. And that's what this reminds me of. We don't fit into boxes. Mm -mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is becoming a lot more common as queer families are more accepted and validated as like real families. People are going to do this more. And 23andMe makes that like privacy and anonymity aspect of it impossible for the most part. And, you know, I just, I think that like a traditional family is kind of becoming less and less of a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Can we ask, uh, I, I know what you're I, doing, Jamie. Yeah, no, I worry even asking this question. And if you're not comfortable if with I'm this queer, question, is that the question? What, yeah, how do you identify? And, <laughs> yeah, I... Um, and do you get asked that question a lot? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I get asked that question a lot. I feel like I'm really open, so I, it just kind of comes out. I am queer. I think... I mean, I, like, again, it's sort of another thing where, like, the label of it is more for other people than for me. I typically only really date women, but I don't, I like, sometimes I feel weird being like, I am a lesbian or like I am bi because I, in five years could be not. So I, you know, I just think it changes so much with time that I don't really like have a great descriptor for it, but I'm definitely queer. I definitely date women and non-binary people. You're open. Yeah. I'm fluid. Is You're fluid and open. I feel like really pretentious being like, yeah, I'm fluid. But Yeah, but you know what? Me too. I'm fluid too. So it's yeah. all good. Sure you are, Jamie. All good. I'm so fluid. Man. So fluid. I was going to ask you, do you feel any pressure because you come from a house of two moms to represent like to have your house be perfect or to be, you know, because you're a, a you know, queer spawn? No. Amazing. So you don't feel any pressure at all. That's amazing. Amazing. No, it was so funny. I because <laughs> I didn't really date like in a way that I would have told my parents about until college. And I got my like first girlfriend and I went to my mom and I was like, Mom, I'm dating someone. She was like, Oh, and I was like, It's a girl. And she was like, Okay. And I was <laughs> like, Do you have any reaction to that? And she was like, No. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, fuck, like it doesn't have to be like wow, that's crazy. Like, it could just be like, oh, I knew that. Or, oh, like, I didn't guess that. Or, oh, like, how's that going? She was literally just like, okay. And then, like, like left the room. It was like, I just wanted some reaction. Like, I didn't care what the reaction was. But she just had no, it was like, I was like, oh, yeah, I had eggs for breakfast. She was like, great. Cool. (laughs) She's like, I have a a Zoom meeting in the other room. I have to go. Literally, she was like, I'm too busy for this. That's interesting. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was an, that's another thing is that I, you know, I grew up in Berkeley with two moms and then I went to a performing arts high school in Oakland. And, you know, I actually feel like in my growing up, maybe not in like the media as much, but in my like life growing up, queerness was more normalized than being straight. And I felt sort of like wrong if I was like I'm only attracted to men like that felt wrong to me and wow. I was like, that's mm-hmm. not how the world works like people right. aren't attracted to men <laughs> <laughs> so what am I heterosexual I, you know, there was I know I was like gross um there really is there was no coming out story for me and there was no like struggle with my identity it kind of just like happened one day and I was like oh 
So, you know, I got lucky. Again, it's like a privilege. I'm very privileged in, in that sense. Wow. I mean, there's just like, there's so much here, but I'm just happy you sound like amazingly well-adjusted and that gives me hope <laughs> for my children. So I'm, I'm so glad you shared your story. Thank Listen, you. Listen, if my kids turn out anything like you, I will be extremely grateful. Oh my God, with a voice oh, like yours stop. too, for God's sakes, I'll take all of it. <laughs> That's so nice. Like, You're hyping me up. <laughs> riding your coattails all the way to American Idol part four. It really oh is the God. ultimate dream that you hear your child say, oh yeah, that didn't affect me at all. My my family is my family regardless of blood. And all the things you said is exactly what I want my children yes. to say oh, when they're I'm your so age. Happy. And I mean, the like the reason that I feel that way is because my parents never were dishonest mm -hmm. and were incredibly open about me since I literally have like consciousness mm -hmm. and there was nothing working against me. I just feel really privileged to be able to think about it the way that I do. Well, you need to tell everyone where they can check out your music and follow you and all that jazz. Yeah. Okay. Well, my personal page is... Sarah.Eisen. Um, Sarah spelled with an H and then Eisen is I-S-E-N. That's my Instagram and my like TikTok, I guess. I love TikTok's TikTok. Thing now. I'm I love to, like, TikTok, Sarah. I, I love looking at TikToks, but making them, I'm like. Oh, it's so fun. Mm. Yeah, that's my, that's my like artist name in my social media. And then my sibling Instagram is at Paper Plane Society. And there is a documentary coming out probably this summer, I would guess. I don't know what it's going to be called. I know that it's with the BBC. It Ooh, was a British so cool. documentary because one of our sibling, we have one sibling who's from out of the country, who's from London. Huh. Well, when it comes out, you'll, you'll share it with us and we'll share yeah. it socially. Yeah, cool. Oh, we're going to be I'm watching excited that. to see it. We're going to check that out. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me on. This is awesome. I'm so happy you guys are interested in telling these stories. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, Sarah. Oh, God. I just hope our kids are that well-adjusted. and. Oh, my so God. He did you hear what Helen just said? Did you hear she just she said, said, you better wish they're like <laughs> Good I luck. Know. We're doing the best we can, Helen. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Yeah. If our kids turn out anything like her, I will be so happy. She's so well-adjusted. She's not bothered at all by it. And that's the hope. <laughs> I, I know. It's just, she's so like, it, it's just like not a thing. I just, yeah. I, I just found it so interesting the way she answered all of her questions. Agreed. Agreed. <sighs> I love Thank her. you, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. All right, folks, we just want to remind you that we got a little book coming out. If these ovaries could talk the things we learned about making LGBTQ families. Did I say that right? No, you did not. What's, what's happened? <laughs> the things we've learned about making an LGBTQ family. Sure. That, that title sounds right. Better. Right. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> the, the, the Kindle is on pre-sale right now on Amazon. And the, but the rest of the books are coming out in all the major retailers at September 22nd. So that's mm -hmm. pretty darn cool. So Watch out, guys. It's coming at you. And it's good. Watch out. Watch out. We're it's, throwing it at you. It's good. <laughs> Stop it, Helen. She keeps making fun of me. I can't even. Okay, uh, that's also. me, Jamie, actually. That's me. It is you. I know. I'm just, I'm just channeling it to Helen because I can't take it anymore. I'm just kidding. Uh, also, we are starting some partnerships to offer our listeners discounts. Mm -hmm. And our first one is with Mira. They make a fabulous ovulation and fertility tracker. And if you go to our website, you can get 25 bucks off the starter kit. Just go to ovariestalk.com to get that discount. Pretty cool. Do it. And let's keep this conversation going, folks. Join us on the social, Ovaries Talk on Twitter, Ovaries 
underscore talk on Insta if these ovaries could talk on Facebook. And we also have a little community in there that's where listeners can talk to one another. You can join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash ovaries talk for bonus content and some perks. And you can now subscribe to us on YouTube. You could also, that's where you can catch up on our live streams too. Yeah, check out our live streams Wednesday and Friday, Facebook Live, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Whew, that's a lot. We are just too overly available, Jamie. That hurt. <laughs> and a big, 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 big thank you to our sponsors, Nutrafol and the new podcast, We Are Family, for helping us to make the show possible. We really, really thank you guys. We really thank you. All of you. Thank you. <sighs> Jamie, we made it through another show. <clears throat> we did it. I mean, it's fun. So, and, <laughs> I mean, Helen made it through. We are just having fun. Let's say that. <laughs> it's fun okay guys so um, right. stay healthy stay sane. yeah that too and stay away from everyone yeah keep social distancing <laughs> don't touch your face oh my um, god eggs jamie ovaries it's time to say out out if these ovaries could talk they would say eggs ovaries out <laughs>